0: Hello, 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 and welcome to this episode of Wolves Fancast. It's the Wolves Fancast Alternative Hall of Fame. Hope you're keeping safe and well during these uncertain times. And, as always, it's time for the bit you like to hear, I like to hear. It's the favourite moment of this episode. It's this. It's the First
1: Annual Montgomery for Outstanding Achievement here.
0: Before we get into it, you can listen to all our other alternative Hall of Fame inductees in our back catalogue. We've got Ned Milias, we've got George Edacobi, we've got John DeWolf, George and Dar, we've got Bjorn Sugadarsson. Yes, Bjorn Sugadarsson, of course, he was going to go in there, and many more. Just go in our back catalogue, wherever you get your podcasts from, ACAS, iTunes, Spotify or wherever else and you can find them there to listen to as well. And if you're listening to this episode and you enjoy what we do previously, you must at least enjoy some of it if you're listening to this Uh, and you've got iTunes, why not give us a five-star review and a comment? We're going to mention it all the time, um, so... Why not just get it out of the way so you can relieve your guilt that you haven't done it before? Even if you put a five stars and just put, look, I've done it now, happy now? on the comment, let's see how many of those can get on and confuse people when they look at the reviews look, I've done it now, happy now 5 stars and if you're a Wolves fan of course it must be if you listen to this or just fancy listening to something completely different it helps the Wolves podcast up the iTunes chart so why not help out some fellow Wolves fans anyway that's enough of me ranting on it's time for the 8th inductee into the Wolves fancast alternative hall of fame and we're going to be speaking about this man
1: Three minutes to add on at the end of the 90. Lifted in towards Cameron! Equaliser! 90 minutes, 15 seconds! Colin Cameron for Wolves!
0: He was a Scottish maestro who could score a claymore kick of a goal and nick a cross with a header as powerful as a Glasgow kiss. Colin Cameron became an instant cult hero at Molyneux thanks to his commitment, determination and popping up with a goal or two when needed most. It's Colin Cameron, of course, on the alternative Hall of Fame episodes. Joining him on the Skype line tonight. Rye's here. Evening, right Hello. And Good Stu's evening. here as well.
1: Finally, at last.
0: Finally, at last. He's one of these. On the video, he's flanked with not only a Colin Cameron shirt from what season is that from?
1: The first one. His first season when he signed.
0: So, 2001? The, the Forbidden Season. The forbidden Season. So, he's got that to his left, and to his right, he's got all three copies of Fifth Shades of Grey. And the
1: Elder Fur Elder Fur and Line Pale
0: Ale as well. That is stew served up perfectly <laughs> with three objects. <laughs> uh gentlemen, we're going to talk about Colin Cameron of course. Uh he joined Wolves in August two thousand and one for one point seven five million and he was at the club for five years. Uh just to kick things off, uh what were your kind of overall memories, overriding memories of Colin Cameron at Walls what, what how would you describe him as a player to those who perhaps never saw him play uh Stu I'll come to you first I
1: I absolutely loved him um before he even signed for us he was one of them you get back in the, it was the early days of well late 90s early 2000s when becoming an age and the drinking was available um 16ish um so his used, used to get the pink as everyone did and you you're looking down the um all the results in Scotland as well, and you saw that name Cameron pop up quite a lot. Like it was like every two or three weeks, Cameron for Hearts. I thought, oh, must be some good, a one in three striker. And you, I've actually looked at his stats, and he didn't score that many as much as I thought he did for them. It just seems to be one of them things where he must have had the name to see. But for me, it was it was just great. It was just I was trying to think of him comparing to midfielders that we got now, but we don't even play that system anymore, so it, it's pretty hard. But he was someone who gave hundred percent, never let you down in any way, um, but he had the talent to back it up as well. He was just an all-round great midfielder at the right age as well,
0: and an all-round great guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Roy, how about you, what were you all kind of overriding memories of uh, of uh, CC back in the day?
2: CC, uh, yeah, similar history, really. I think, um, you know. For me, I'm really glad that we're doing this on Cameron because um, I won't go as far as that he was overlooked during that era, but I think when people look back, there were bigger names, weren't they, particularly in that centre midfield when you've got Ince and, and Ray, but you look at the stats and I think that's borne out that you know Cameron was very much favoured with, with Ince as, as sort of the, the two to, to go to in the middle of the park, and I think you know the reason for that is because of what he offered, and I think, you know, if I say he was an honest player, it kind of sounds a little bit patronising, as if he wasn't technically yeah. very good, you yeah. know. But I, but I think he was honest in respect of, you know, the way he got around the pitch and how determined he, he was. And yeah, I think we with, with Stu, I think he had a good record in Scotland. Obviously, started I think with it Rafe, and they had a really good sort of spell in their history, and then the Hearts as well. And he won a couple of cups as well. And if you if you win things and you don't play for one of the Old firm in Scotland, then you you know you're doing something right, and I think to Stu's point, he was sort of um, I guess in the limelight because of that. But no, I loved him, and and was, you know Stu mentioned goals, and you may have the figures there. I had a look up as well. He got 23 goals as well for us in our spell. A lot of uh, vital goals, which I'm sure we'll go into. But yeah, my my memories of a player was you know he was a, a, a committed player, um, you know and um, yeah, a real hard working player and in, a in street someone different to what we'd seen before. And we were just blessed at that time that we probably had some average centre midfielders and then all of a sudden we had your raise in and Cameron's and, and, and Cameron holding a, a regular start, you know, with that competition I think speaks volumes.
0: I like the idea of him being that honest that like perhaps if, like he gives away a foul. So no, sorry, yeah, that was me. I gave away the foul. I'm that honest. <laughs> Uh, you can it's, book it's me. I'll take. I'll, I'll, I'll happily have it. I'll happily have, have the booking.
2: Yeah, it's, it's that I was thinking about it early in terms of how to describe it. The kind of the honest kind of sounds as if it. It's kind of like when you're in a junior football team and you get club man of the year. You know, someone's described <laughs> as honest. It's kind of like like special you know, merit award. Yeah, he comes every week. He pays his subs. You know, and I, and I think that's a really disservice. But I think in an interview that I saw um, when I was reading up earlier. He kind of described himself as someone that just gave everything, and there was that honesty about him. So yeah,
0: um, yeah. Uh, right, mentioning there in terms of stats, 188 appearances uh, in all competitions with his 23 goals. Now, according to Wikipedia, he apparently we never lost a game when he scored. I <laughs> don't. I wanted to research that, but I also thought I really haven't got the time to go through <laughs> every single game where he might have scored. But let's just tr- trust Wikipedia well, on that point.
1: You should say that. It's actually true.
0: Did you do the research, Stu?
1: I just went on transfer market. It's all on (laughs) there.
0: Incredible! Never lost a game when he scored.
1: In in all
2: five seasons as well.
0: Bring him back now. At least
2: we know then. (laughs) He's impressive, right? (laughs) You know, if if it's a stat where you know it's a defender who scored five or six times and he's been with us a couple of years, you kind of take it. with a pinch of salt, but like you say, you know, over that period of time, and and really important goals as well, you know. Um, well, I was going to and, say, and, uh, yeah.
0: Man City at home for one, the, the the first win in the Premier League, the game where David Seaman realised he needed to retire. I mean, what a killer blow in one game, and losing, and then also thinking, yeah, it's not for me anymore, is it?
1: He <laughs> was he was peak ponytail Seaman as well at that time, right? Yeah. And... <laughs> not <Yeah. laughs> So um, I remember when you said about the goal, I and mean, in that time, that was the first kind of time that I started going away quite a lot because I was in sixth form and we had this thing called the uh, I think it was the NHS bursary allowance or something when they gave you thirty quid a week
0: to yeah, stay in school. Yeah, good times, good times.
1: And mine was just spent on away games, pretty much solely on away games. So I, I think I only missed about five or six that season when I was the first season when I was watching it back, and there was a few on the. Uh, next ITV TV Sports Channel. Not rest in peace, it killed lots of teams. Um, but the, his first goal against Rotherham, where we were behind the goal, and I, I went exceptionally mental that day because of how excited I was to be signed
0: in. NUS feel, uh, feel, fueling Stu's away days. Thank you, thank you, student loans. Thank you very much. Um, other, <laughs> i, I mean, any back from Yeah, other, I mean, uh, there was Birmingham away. I remember seeing a clip online of that, just to remind myself. He kind of curls in the bottom... Uh, right, there's a goal that we played at the start of the episode which is a, a equaliser against Wigan where he kind of just slots into the box uh, Roy, was there any kind of goals that stood out for you?
2: The, the biggest one has got to be the Leicester 4-3 hasn't it, mm. I think um, did he get the equaliser that day guys? you would have to help me out on this one um, although I've just brought it to the table I'm sure it was Leicester, the Leicester game sort of the original 4-3 when he kind of get back into it um, that was the big one for me you got the second goal. Yeah, second goal,
0: was it Kamaru? Yeah. Kamaru got both the goals to equalise and, and to win it. it Kamaru no. won it, did eh? um... So well, it's, it's not. It's not like we've got the internet. So we'll quickly <laughs> check. <laughs> I know, but um... why, why, why we check that? while we check that? I just want. To, usually, what yeah. we do is we, I go through some what happened at the club. But I wanted to go a back a step. Because like uh, Stu mentioned at heart, he was a bit of a legend there. Uh, he was club captain, he won the uh, the Scottish League Cup with them. Uh, just be- as he was leaving, uh, Craig Levine came in and tried to offer him a new deal with a testimonial. And he wanted to build a team around him and he was only 27. So it just shows you how highly regarded he was seen. Uh, but in an interview, Colin Cameron said that he felt like he, he needed a new challenge. Um, and that's when he, he left for Wolves. He was at Hearts for five years as well, 157 appearances and scored 48 goals. So he goes, looking back, looking at that and the impact he had at Hearts then came to Wolves. It reminded me, do you think that during that late 90s, noughties period, we seemed to bring in these type of players, kind of big players of other clubs and they either sank or swim with us? So. People like, you know, Ian and Irwin were kind of that kind of mould so they had done big elsewhere and they came just and did well. But the, perhaps other characters who didn't so well, like Steve Claridge, when we brought him and had a good reputation, which just kind of sank. Do you think we, we were kind of that club around that time, that kind of, the odd time, brought in that type of player?
1: I think they've said it on um, interviews in the last year or so of people in that, in that squad where it was a squad of big characters and it was either going to go one way or the other. Mm. Um, but you are right. I mean, you look at. I think it was signing the right people more than anything else, and that kind of worked with that squad. With especially after the year, the year that time forgot, um, to, to pick ourselves up after that and to go again. Eventually, in the second half that season, um, you needed players like Cameron, who were big characters in there. And the funny thing was, I, I completely forgot that he had hair as well, same as Alex Wright. They had hair when they signed for us. <laughs>
0: And then what, what, what far the time did it all to them? That's what happens. You start to lose it all.
2: It's getting them at the right time as well. And um, I, just, I just looked up that, that the game. It's the game we know, which is a detail. Apologies on, on behalf of us all. And I brought it up. So I should have been more equipped. But he got two goals um, in that Leicester game. So it was a penalty as well that he got. And then Ray and, and, and Kamara. Um, so, yeah, in, ter- in terms of when he came to the club, but similar to Sh- uh, Shea, really, I was quite excited, you know, he was he was a winner, and, you know, as I say, he, he, was, he was within sides in Scotland that were competing well, um, he was, he'd even had experiences in Europe where they played against Bayern Munich, um, obviously started his, his uh, international career as well, so a real sort of pedigree, we also got Barry, didn't we, as well, from, from Hearts as well, and we we've, we've got Lee Griffiths you know around in the in time in Scotland so i think we had sort of yeah we we were in that market weren't we in in, in Scotland and in an island as well during that uh, time and, and 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 what follows as well and he's got to be one of the most successful players we've we've had from Scotland
0: and look at us now we just get all the all the players from portugal it was just the British Isles, and now Portugal. You don't get many
2: Collins. He <laughs> might <laughs> probably be the last Colin that I would say he's probably going to represent for.
0: I don't know, you might get Colin, Pedro Hernandez, for la la la, <laughs> not out of the future.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a lovely skill.
1: There's left, Southall, trying to catch up with him. Kennedy's cross though not
2: the best. Goes for the Cameron. Oh, that's a tremendous goal. rules find the second. Some delightful skill out wide from Mark Kennedy. But an even better finish from Callum Cameron on the volley into the back of the net to give
0: Rawls a 2-0 lead over to Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you, you love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website. I'm gonna go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website, and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancast.com. It's a really good design. We really appreciate all the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good. ...just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at pixelyetimedia.com. Right, let's talk about uh, uh, post-era for Colin Cameron. Actually, when he left firstly... Near the end of his time, it wasn't really in Hoddle's plans and it was lowed out to Millwall in 2006. But in the last few games, he was recalled back early due to injuries and he received a great reception in a two-all draw at home to Coventry where he scored. Um, Cameron has said in an interview that he was offered a new contract in that summer, but it was for less money. And so on that summer, he uh, left for a free to Coventry uh, for the next season. Do you think at the time... For Hoddle, was it right that he put Cameron out of his plans? Didn't perhaps at that time Cameron perhaps had his time at the club, and what Hoddle was trying to create was different to what Cameron provided, or perhaps could he have still provided something under the the one-time Hoddle era?
1: Well, he was when he came back, he was he was absolutely excellent. He was heading shoulders above everyone else, and to be fair, Hoddle played Mark Kennedy in, in central midfield and signed Darren Anderson, so. Some of his judgment was a bit questionable, anyway, and then he fucked off in the summer, anyway. So, <laughs> but it, there was some there's, things. That there's explicit
0: rating. We've got it. Yeah, We've well. got it in. Go
1: on. <laughs> it, it just, I mean, something. We I mean, you'd have thought for what five years? Just even just a one-year contract, not not just a token or a third of your current money. Give him a half or two-thirds at least. Um, just say oh, one-year deal, and then we'll see after that. But just to just to throw him throw him something like that was a bit disrespectful for me. And I spoke to my mate Gary, who's a Coventry fan, and he said it, when he went there, his heart never seemed in him. That he had one real, one good game against Birmingham, and that was it. That he never really played that well for us. That's so I mean, it was it, it was almost like leaving Wolves it was just he left at the right time for for us maybe, but for him it was going to game over.
0: Mm. Roy, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think you know, we have we've, we've Hoddle, obviously trying to impose his own um mm-hmm. ways of ways of playing, as you say, you know, Anderson Carl caught on the wing, Kennedy in, in centre mid. But but I remember at that that time as well, I remember him going on loan and I'm sure Cameron got a really good like um reception not playing, which was really bizarre when he was on loan. I remember you know, them chanting for Cameron and I think that really sort of struck forward with me a player who was on loan and you know he's still kind of you know really sort of revered and there's as you touched on there you know that was that was born out with the reception that he had part of it might have been because we were getting a bit frustrated with Hoddle and cameron probably was a little bit of a, a figurehead for those who perhaps didn't want Hoddle in at the time that we could kind of cling to but yeah i think you know for, for the level that he was playing at, and as you say, the way in which he ended the, um, the, the season and the form that he was in then, yeah, you would have liked to have thought he would have be been more part of the plans, but um, it wasn't to be. But I think that shows, you know, um, the sort of appreciation the fans had for him that when he was sort of out on loan, he wasn't sort of far away from uh, the fans' support at that time too. Yeah, I remember that
1: game. It was... It was somewhere far away, like Bristol or Plymouth, or somewhere like that. And we were we were shocking, and it, it, someone just started it up, and it kind of erupted throughout the whole stand, Holloway mm-hmm. end, almost like the Freddy, Freddy stuff that came a few years later. Yeah. Um, it was more a, it, it was a case of a, a case of oh yeah, we want him back, and a case of well, what do you think? Why are you playing on someone else other than him? But yeah, it, it, I think that kind of proved because I've never really met anyone else who loves Cameron as much as me, a bit like Mez and Paul Butler. Um, And it was like, okay, people do love him, and he is kind of revered here. And it was kind of like a a sweet moment for me, and then when he came back, it was like, oh,
0: stage has returned. I I want to quickly touch back on a point that Roy made earlier. I'm really hoping that Jimenez and his girlfriend, Danielle, call their I think they're having a son, (laughs) aren't they? I really hope they call call the baby Colin now. Colin Jimenez. (laughs) (laughs) tribute to the great Colin Cameron Um, let's just talk on to post Wolves career then he had a a season at Coventry as we say but he was blighted with the Nicholies in Dreams released at the end of the season then he joined MK Dons under Paul Ince in League 2 2007 he was a regular first team player and won the Football League Trophy and the League 2 title but despite that he was still released at the end of the season he then went back to Scotland, had spells with Dundee, Codenbeth and Berwick Rangers before retiring. Uh, Berwick Rangers, the only English side uh, playing in, English foo- in Scottish football. Which is a nice little stat there. Um, now, this is a bit I wanted to ask you, gents, because uh, this is Wikipedia again, and I don't think I saw this the first time I went on this Wikipedia page, so I don't know if anyone's either updated it properly or someone's playing a little joke. <laughs> but before he went to Berwick Rangers, he had a one-game trial where he also scored at a team called Burnt Island Shipyard, which <laughs> I love this name. So I tried to do a bit more digging. Uh, what, all I could find out from them is that they take part in something called the Fife Cup, which is a regional cup competition, obviously based in the Fife area. Uh, only eight teams take part, and Burnt Island Shipyard finally won it in uh, the, two, the 2017-18 season, winning the final 4-0 against Camden Beth. Um, but I just love that. I, I've never... Burnt Island Shipyard, and it's got like a little proper uh, like pirate boat, as it were, on the flag on, on the on the crest. I love it. That's,
2: that's a great name. But it it's my it, that it's close to my favourite ever football name, which um, I I was familiar with when I played. I'm sure it was it must have been tenth for World of Soccer. Um, border Security, um, who were in, <laughs> in, in in I don't know, Border Security. Yeah, border yeah. security force, and they're a an Indian pu- Indian football club. Um, but yeah, I'd also saw Colin played up until forty three, but locked here, welfare. I've got written down here as well. So <laughs> yeah, I think he sort of yeah, stayed along the um the I don't know if you'd call it the Highlands or the lower regions of of Scottish football for for doctors and for different <laughs> uh, professions.
0: I think now that we officially have a second team, at uh, least Burnt Island Shipyard. I wonder what they're come on the burnt I don't know come on the chips <laughs> I,
2: I, I suppose I'm, what I've got to say before I forget cause afterwards I'll be like oh believe I didn't mention that that was probably far um, away from his time when he lined up against Dinadine Zidane because so, I was thinking about okay. this earlier and, and I thought I wonder if Dinadine Zidane swapped shirts with Colin Cameron <laughs> and he's got a Colin Cameron shirt in his uh, in his home but you know, he's had a hell of a career. When, when you think he's when, come up against, what was that then? How was it? Was that internationally? Oh. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was that Both was. The players, Scotland fans. Yeah, The lost five nil and, and Cameron did the, the famous quote because I say it's famous because I've heard this from anybody who describes himself saying uh, playing against another footballer. to Say. Oh, the closest I've, I can't do a Scottish accent obviously. <laughs> um the closest the closest I got to him was in the tunnel, which which I've heard like a million times, but I was like, Yeah uh, Colin Cameron against Dinadines. Yeah, I think she must be a friendly, but um so yeah, hell of a career. Uh
0: at the moment uh Colin Cameron is the assistant manager at I'm gonna try and pronounce this Airdronians. Is that right? Edronian's Ed, in Ed, there. Stu, Ed. Stu's giving me the official nod. That's good enough, son. That's good <laughs> enough in a, in Scottish League one. Before we get to the, the final question we've got on this show, Jen, do you have any other memories or anecdotes or factoids that you may have found out about, uh, or personal memories about Colin Cameron at all?
2: I mean, for, for me, um, as a minister to you, I was a, I was a massive fan of Cameron. I've got, I don't know what it was about him. I I like players of that ilk, you know, before that, a big favourite of mine was, say, Neil Emblem. You know, I like these sort of, you know, hard-working players in the centre midfield. And um, I remember after the, the the Cardiff game, when I went to the, the players' house, Helen Cameron was there with his family. And I ballsed out of talking to him, to be honest. I, I, I was keen to go over, but it was one of those moments where I thought he's won the game. He seems quite a private person. He's with his family. He's got his daughter there uh, and his wife. And I didn't go over to him. So... I did the kind of circle around the table a couple of times, and then it came a bit obvious. <laughs> and I realised that he could probably take his drink and didn't need to go for a piss like I do every five minutes, because there was not even that opportune moment where we were both sort of accidentally meeting to kind of walk to the corridor and have a chat there. So, yeah, I, I don't regret it, but yeah, I would have liked to have spoken at the time and said, you know, Thank you, because I think he's a name that, um, you know, if you look back at that season, the influence he had um, is is fantastic and probably isn't as high profile as, as some of the other players who probably weren't as effective, but perhaps get that more recognition than he does.
0: You don't regret it, but it keeps you up at night.
2: Well, I'm talking about it now, so you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if I'm on a psychology uh, couch here with you, Dave, then yeah. yeah, maybe it's still in there somewhere bugging at me. Well, just hopefully, hopefully this rectifies it, maybe. But
0: well, it just so happens on the line, we've <laughs> got Callan Cameron, Callan Cameron! <laughs> uh, Stu, how about you, any kind of personal memories or factories or anecdotes of uh, uh, Mr. CC? Um, there was a few
1: that he could actually take a corner properly, which is... Uh, it was kind of like a miracle at that time because we had apart from simon osborne years and years before everyone else had took corners it was just we either took it short and it just went out or we took it normally and it went out or it just failed to hit anyone at all and it was a, one of the first players in a long time were could actually take a decent corner then he had a, a for someone so small as well because i thought it was about five five seven five eight something like that he, he didn't see very tall um but neither was Alex Ray. So, it, I mean, for me, whenever he was on the bench and Ray was playing, I was quite angry. <laughs> which, when you look at the Premier League and it was pretty much the other way around.
0: I bet you, if um, you speak to uh, Joe Martino, he'll say he bases his corners on uh, the technique of Colin Cameron.
1: He studied the famous the, uh, YouTube videos that's uploaded the season review DVD. Which we all know he has. <laughs> but now, I, I just... Again, like Hoop said about Neil Andrew is that kind of Someone like the underdog, where he doesn't get the limelight. He doesn't care that he, he, he don't get the limelight. But he's one of them people who's never going to let you down. He's got quality as well. No, so, and the whole shirt thing, I mean, that was when you had to pay by the number as well. And to have two, number 21, that, that was two numbers at the time when I was a student. So, <laughs> buying that extra, it meant
0: a lot. Um, there was a point where, at this point, I was going to try and make a game called Cameron or Cameron where I got quotes of both Colin Cameron and former Prime Minister David Cameron, for you to guess, <laughs> but then I realised there was no quotes from Colin Cameron, so I thought that was a pointless segment. So we move swiftly on, <laughs> away from that. So the final bit, gents. Um, Roy mentioned it earlier, we have had a few Scottish players uh, at the club, especially since the, the, the noughties. Uh, people like Kevin McDonald, Berra, uh, Lee Griffiths, Stephen Fletcher, Chris Iluwemo, uh, Alex Ray as well. Where does Colin Cameron rank in terms of the Scottish players we have had at Molyneux, in your eyes?
1: Well, i will um, say he's probably second to me for someone you just completely missed off that list of Jackie McNamara. Yeah. Who was just just,
0: just a list was, of you, Stu? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, who had who I bought the shirt off? Funny enough. Um, but McNamara was at on all round and he was at his peak as well. He was he was a superb player for us, um just at the wrong time. Um but Cameron Cameron and McNamara, absolutely <laughs> there's no competition between them two
0: and the rest. They were just superb. Right, how you? Where does he where does he rank with the
2: Scottish imports? Do you know what? he's he's, he's gotta be at uh, the top there for me. When you think of, you know, the number of games he's played, the number of seasons. Some of those those players that we mentioned. I mean, Kevin McDonald, a very good footballer, and you know, I, I love to watch him play in terms of how he seemed to have so much time on the ball. Um, but he was with us for you know a relatively short time and a different time in our in our history. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak for you know your Andy Gray's and your Frank Minrose, for example, for, for older listeners who will probably argue that point. But in terms of who I've seen. Uh, then yeah, um, favourite and and I would say probably most influential uh, Scottish player that I've seen.
0: And I think we're all in agreement that we, from this moment onwards, are campaigning for the name Colin Jimenez, aren't we? <laughs> it's,
2: it's gotta Hashtag be. Colin Jimenez.
0: Hashtag Colin Jimenez.
2: I think they'll do a big reveal of the name, and maybe they'll do it extravagant like they've done with the others. So maybe at the Molyneux they'll have one of those sort of I don't know large party poppers and maybe his shirt pops out <laughs> with his name Colin <laughs> and I don't know
0: <laughs> oh, everyone we've got to get that trendy now Colin Jimenez hashtag Colin Jimenez uh, right that's where we'll leave it gentlemen thank you very much uh, thank you very much for listening you can listen to all other alternative Hall of Fame episodes wherever you get your podcasts from and you can follow us on social media just type in Wolves Fancast and you will find us there uh, but for this episode gentlemen hope you're doing well in lockdown uh, keep safe and Stu, make sure you get those Fifty Shades of Grey red. <laughs> I'm not going to read them ever. I'm,
1: they're, they're staying there for they're staying there as decoration. They're not being read. I'll, I'll watch the third film
0: and just get it over and done with. Them. I, th- I think it's a cover. I think there's actually something else under that book. It's just got the sleeve, and then it's actually I don't know.
2: The season review, isn't it? Season <laughs> review DVDs. <laughs> it's no, no, it's the old VH, it's the old, V8,
0: there, it's the old VHSs.
1: There's a little Luigi and Mario figures on this bookcase as well, so. No no stone unturned of the (laughs) weebings.
0: Right, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for listening.